Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about audiobooks and interviewing actor and audiobook narrator Will Wheaton. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I'm reading Reincarnation Blues by Michael Poore. Do you know it? No. Oh my God, I stumped the Mallory and I win. Wow. Um, It's about a guy uh, who has been reincarnated like 9,990 some odd times. And you Does he have like a little punch card? Now yeah. he's like, I finally get my free coffee. No, no. actually the punch card happens at 10,000 when you become a nothing. A nothing? You, you become nothing. You can't go back to the regular world. You don't get reincarnated and you don't get to go to perfection either. So the goal is to achieve perfection. Oh shit. And he lives all these lives and he just hasn't done it like basically he he's like progressing procrastinating resurrection kind of and he keeps like living a crappy life and then he has to go back and be like a garden slug and then he like lives, <laughs> he lives life and he like almost makes it but then he doesn't quite make it so it's just kind of like about him and then he also over the course of his ten thousand lives has fallen in love with death death as who is perf- like as as a woman she's a woman in in this universe i like i said in this universe like maybe in an, in other universes she's a garden slug she could be a garden slug <laughs> anyway it's about him and it's it's really fascinating because it's like 50 books in one because it's like the, all of these different stories of his life and it's really fascinating to see the ways in which he lived his life in all these different worlds and he can go to any time period so sometimes he's in like ancient egypt and sometimes he's in like some futuristic colony on a spaceship and it's space prison wow so there's all sorts of stuff what are you reading i am reading the red clocks by uh lenny zumas well i want to read it it is amazing uh it is like a near it's hard to read right now because it's like a near future world where we have a terrible president (laughs) (laughs) it's a little too near future too near future and abortion is completely illegal and it is illegal to have a baby if you are a single parent you have to have to it's like a i forget what it's called but it's the the personhood act and there's all kinds of rules and regulations so it's from the point of view of all these different women one of them is a teenager who just got pregnant and she wants to have an abortion one's a mom who has two kids but she doesn't really want them and she's really unhappy one's from a woman who's in her 40s and doesn't want to get married and is single but she really wants a baby and one's from a woman who practices like natural ways of healing and she lives in the woods but people think that she's creepy and a witch and it's the writing is incredible and it's so good but it it is really hard to read because it's just like a little too close to home right now why is it called red clocks because we're red clocks because we wombs we're red clocks biological clocks women are red clocks yep biological clocks oh like oh oh because like the womb i got it i got it i got it oh interesting do people call them themselves red clocks no but it's Uh, just like a metaphorical thing i see i see but people are talking about it people like this book it's coming out this month it's wicked good in february no this month january january oh exciting okay cool So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback from our book gifting episode. Danielle writes in, Last year I started a bookish gifting that I really love. I create book recommendation lists tailored for most of my friends and family. This year's lists are being made and shared online, which is great for people who live far away. My greatest joy is when someone adds it to their currently reading shelf on Goodreads or just messages me saying that they've read it. I also get to tailor it based on how much they read. Avid readers get more recommendations than those who don't read a lot. Danielle, this is a brilliant idea. I like this a lot, but where are you putting these lists? Are you just sending them to people maybe are they email? easily access accessible oh hmm. maybe just emailing them or they're like this is what i have for you yeah oh that's good i like that that's a really good gift it's a good gift that doesn't cost you anything yeah i like that 
I wouldn't want too many recommended to me. But if someone wanted to give Here's me a some list, stress for Christmas, give me a list of five because you know I'll feel the need to read all of them. So, yeah, I think that's great, Daniel. Allison wrote in and said, I think you will appreciate this story about a terrible book gift. When I was 12 or 13, my grandmother gave me a book on table manners and etiquette for my birthday. Earlier that year, she had been appalled to see me lick my knife at the dinner table and clearly thought my table manners left a lot to be desired. I do that just... FYI. That's what like pirates do. Pirates? Licking your knife. I am half pirate. <laughs> I was born half pirate. <laughs> to a pirate pirate family. In addition to being very a very disappointing. Oh, your gift, mom works, lives on a houseboat, I my guess. My mom does live on a boat. <laughs> In addition to being that wasn't even I didn't even think about it. Sorry, Allison. Getting back to Allison. In addition to a very disappointing gift, it was also throwing some pretty good shade at my mom, her daughter. For the record, she gave me a nice watch that for that birthday, my grandmother was a big reader and volunteered at her local library's Friends of the Library bookstore. She almost always had books for my sister and I when we visited her every week. Thankfully, there were there was years of great book gifting to make up for the etiquette book. That's pretty hilarious. I like that because it's a book that like is a it is an assignment. Yeah. Like when someone gives you an etiquette book, it's like, here, I think you need this. It's like if someone gave it's you a book most... and they're like, how to solve your love life problems. <laughs> or like, how to, cl- how to wash your armpits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what to do about bad breath. Yeah. The book. <laughs> it's, uh, it's probably the most passive aggressive book gift that you could do is giving them some, giving somebody a book like that. I, uh... I actually remember asking for an etiquette book at one point in my life because I did feel like I had very not good manners. And this is no reflection on my mother. I think this is just what happens when you grow up in east texas no offense to people from east texas i didn't know in college i went to college and i remember some i was talking to someone and i ate something off of their plate and they're like you can't just do that and i was like you can't Wait, eat like with of- your face well not with my face but i grabbed it off of oh. their plate without asking oh i didn't think about it that yeah. you couldn't just do that it's not like you stabbed them first and like give me no, that french like fry I, I grabbed it with my tongue i grabbed it with like a fork <laughs> but now i know now I know not to do that. You can email us your feedback at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. So before we start talking audiobooks, we're going to take a quick break. Podcasts. 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 <laughs> They're audio programs that tell smart stories in innovative ways using editing techniques like, like this. this. Like this. Like this. Like this. But let's face it. All that smart stuff can be exhausting. That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes. Stop Podcasting Yourself. The stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes. Or MaximumFun.org. This week, we're getting into audiobooks, finally. Many of you guys have written in to ask about getting into audiobooks, and we are here to help. And we're here to listen to all of your suggestions. Yes. So listening to audiobooks is a great way to get reading in. If you do a lot of driving, if you're visually impaired, if you have kids, if you're a runner, the reasons are endless to get into audiobooks. But where do you start? Where do you even get them? Okay, Mallory, first, do you want to know what the longest audiobook is? Oh, boy. Uh, You're not going to guess it. Is it one of those, like, the big, like, it's not the Bible. No, I am. Oh, I know. I always the Bible. <laughs> is it one of those series that, like, the great lessons or great history, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It Well, something like that. This is in 2008. So, actually, I wonder if there's been a longer one since then. But Takaki Yoshimoto in Japan released something called 50 Lectures. 
And that was the longest audiobook at a 115 hours and 43 minutes. Holy crow. That's a long audiobook. That's a lot. That's, that's too much audiobook. Yeah, for that's, me. that's a really that long That made one. me feel like I'm despairing. And you want to know what the greatest number of characters in an audiobook is? No, I, I don't even know how to. Uh, Actually, I bet you can't guess it. It's not the Bible. <laughs> a lot of people in the Bible, though. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess they don't voice them. I don't know. Maybe. Game of Thrones, right? That's right. Holy shit. I it's, did it. Game the greatest number Thrones. of characters voiced in an audiobook is 224, achieved by Roy Dotris. Dotris? I listened to those. Really? He performed yeah. distinct and distinguishable voices for every role yeah, he's in the 28-disc unabridged version of uh, Game of Thrones. I listened to that. Song of Fire and Ice. Yeah, it's wicked good. He did every voice. Yeah, he does all kinds of crazy little voices. It's pretty good. Sometimes, you know, because sometimes when audiobook narrators do that, it's a little cheesy. This guy's wicked good. Yeah, well, he did 224. How do you keep those separately? I don't know. I can't even keep, like, I mean, I wouldn't be able to keep, like, three separate. (laughs) It's crazy. It's wicked good. So first up, we recommend trying audiobooks from the library if you're starting out. The Overdrive and Libby apps let you get them and download right to your phone. Overdrive even has a tutorial to show you how to do this. Yeah, like a video. That way you got the book literally on hand whenever you have a spare hands-free moment. Audiobooks can get kind of pricey if you're buying them, so if you're unsure where to start, getting one from the library is a good way to go. But what if you have to wait for the one that you want? Remember, guys, that there are zillions of books in the world. Don't just like be <laughs> like, oh, well, this is the audiobook that I wanted and I can't get it, so I might as well give up. So check to see what other similar audiobooks there are. Pick something else that you want. We know you've got a ridiculous TBR. And there's lots of sites with free audiobooks if you're just looking to dip your toe in and you're like, let me just see what this audiobook business is all about. So um, loyalbooks.com digitalbook.io or openculture.com and if anybody uses any of these kind of sites this is not something I personally use but I um, I would love to hear feedback on free audiobooks because I think that's a great way to just get started. Yeah and there's also different web- websites to try if you do want to own the book like Audible which gives you a free book to start, Penguin Random House Audio uh, and if you're an Amazon user you can try getting a book that has the WhisperSync technology as our past get- guest Tom Merritt talked about. Ooh. That's when you can both e-read and listen and switch seamlessly back and forth between them. As in you can listen to a chat of an audiobook in your car and then when you get inside you can open the ebook and it'll be right where you left off in the audiobook it's magic and don't forget to listen to a sample um to a little sample first to make sure you like the narrator because a narrator can really make or break a book as oh, yeah. you just said i have i've given up on some audiobooks because the narrator just made me want to punch them in the nose really? what is something that makes a bad narrator like what do they they got like a nasally voice or what's the deal uh they just like if they're doing characters and they sound really silly <laughs> or for me if like they have a really monotonous like a monotone voice and like there isn't because I listen to a lot of nonfiction on audio so if it's like and the octopus came oh. out uh, like then I'm just gonna fall asleep it's just not a it, ha- it has to be a little cool and dynamic in, in college one of my friends um had this teacher and he was really monotonous and I test started every day with today class yeah. and they called him today class <laughs> they're like you're gonna go to today class this is class today that's really funny mm-hmm. so but what to try a lot of people are like i want to try audiobooks but i don't even know where to start so a good place to start is the audio awards it's the yearly awards for audiobooks and you can just treat it like a great curated list of audiobook recommendations if you feel like taking a chance just grab a book they've been wanting to read or even a book off your library hold list and try it on audio just dive right in guys yeah, and you don't have to just like sit there on your couch and listen to an audiobook, right? Like you don't have to sit still and just put in your earbuds yeah. and sit quietly like you would if you would normally would like read a book. You can do a lot of things while doing an audio while listening to an audiobook. It's a great way to incorporate reading into something else, like a commute. That's yep. an obvious one. I live in LA. I do a lot of commuting. Or maybe if you're trying to get that walk in, you added that to your New Year's resolution. Like, an yep. audiobook is a great way to get that walk listen to on your walk. 
You can stretch, cooking, cleaning, or when you're working on your car, working on your bike, brushing your dog. Brushing your dog. Did I put that or did you put that? I did not write that down. Oh, man. (laughs) Maybe brushing your, if you're like me. Or your teeth. Or your cats. Or you have six cats like I do. How how long does it take you to brush all your cats every day? Oh, we don't brush them. How many hours a day do you brush your cats? <laughs> <laughs> Mallory's biography, autobiography. Brushing six cats with Every Mallory morning I start with brushing my cats for three hours. <laughs> Some of them are pretty floofy. Did you like that audiobook voice that I yeah, just Yeah, that did? was good. I would listen to that. Every day I start by brushing my... That, I don't know what voice that is. <laughs> so, and the thing is... Uh, you know, even a 10 minute chunk of time can be audiobook time and they add up. If you're working towards a numerical reading goal for the month or the year, it can help. Yeah. And another way that people, another thing people do is they listen to audiobooks at quite at double speed. So let's say you're listening to a 12 hour audiobook. That means it's only going to be six hours. So if you're like worried about getting through this thing, you can speed it up as long as you can listen to people talk really fast. Yeah. It sounds a lot like this podcast. I yeah, think. I was just going to say, if you're cool with me and Bria, you're probably good <laughs> with listening to a podcast on double speed. <laughs> okay, what about you? So do you listen to audiobooks, Mallory? I love audiobooks. Uh, I listen to them when I do housework or yoga. I don't drive and I don't really commute that much. So uh, I have to find sort of alternative time slots. Uh, I'm personally fond of listening to them in the shower wait uh, do you listen to them in on, in ubers ever though because no. that is kind of a commute i listen to podcasts or any i listen to anything but talk to my uber driver sorry uber drivers i'm afraid that they're gonna murder me i'm afraid everybody's gonna murder me so, so you're I don't like, like you're like having... trying to be friends you're like i hi i'm mallory i have a family <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, your success. I'm, I'm going to meet my boyfriend who's batman <laughs> <laughs> he's very large he carries a knife everywhere he goes <laughs> well, i just don't like having earbuds in oh i so see because I, I have really bad i have you know i don't have great hearing so i, I have a hard time hearing anybody anyway so i don't want to put myself at a disadvantage oh i see someone wants to stab me from behind (laughs) from the front you mean (laughs) (laughs) so a big complaint from people that are hesitant to do audiobooks is that they're afraid to space out for a minute and miss some sort of critical plot point which i get i I totally get i'm really paranoid about this i don't hear super well so i miss stuff a lot especially if there's any like if i'm listening to an audiobook and i'm like washing the dishes and like i turn the sink on i can't hear it so um i recommend nonfiction and especially memoirs that way you don't feel like you're missing some critical story point you can rewind for a few seconds and catch back up pretty easily. I particularly love memoir memoirs, especially if they're read by the author, because it's like having somebody tell you the story of their life. You know? <laughs> Sit on down. Um, Let me tell you the story of my life. And there's we, we've talked about actually all the ones that I'm, I have to recommend. I've talked about on the show before. Uh, Not My Father's Son by Alan Cummings. Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl by Carrie Brownstein. Uh, Sex Object by Jessica Valenti. I haven't really talked about on the show. She reads that. It's a really, really great one. But yeah, if you are if you feel like you're if you're worried, you're going to miss something and that you can't get into it like can't get into fiction seriously guys try nonfiction. what about you bria yeah i don't listen to too many of my audiobooks i know we're doing a whole, a whole episode on it but I'm, I'm i see the appeal i did recently do um, an audiobook and book at the same time because i was reading the regional offices under attack from the library and then i kept wanting to read it but was like running out of time and I happened to see that it was on Libby and I, their audiobook was available. So I listened to it at the gym while uh, and then I would go home and read it and I got through it quicker, which I sort of like. So those people who are trying to like check books off of their list. This is a really interesting, easy way to do that. But I don't I don't really listen to that many audiobooks. I think because I listen to so many podcasts. Yeah, I listen to the other day. I realized I listened to like 30 podcasts. Oh, wow. Not every week. A lot of them I delete. This is just my podcast obsession, which is a different podcast 
it's, it's a different hey, podcast. We're pretty biased about that, so uh, no no judgments here. Yeah, we like podcasts. We're keep listening to this podcast at the very least. Yeah, you can delete all the other. Just ones. Just delete all your other ones. Just this one us. obviously gives you the most information. But for people like my, my fiance, he's dyslexic, and so he's really into audiobooks and listens to them quite a bit. He listens to them when he goes to sleep. He listens to them when he drives because he doesn't listen to forty five podcasts like I do. <laughs> he's listening to Fire and Fury right oh, now. Oh wow! And he like he couldn't go to bed the other night because he oh, was no. like, "You're not gonna believe this. Trump Whoa. goes to sleep with a." hamburger like there's like all these, <laughs> all these crazy things that happen in the book so he listens to quite a few and he's really Wait, into like them. a human-sized hamburger or like a very small hamburger that he holds in his tiny hands no like he goes to sleep at 6 30 and watches tv and eats a hamburger in bed Ugh. that's in that book he would be a bed burger eater a bed burger eater Ugh. let me be real with you i'm probably a bed burger eater you don't need like, to eat it's fine but i'm i'm another eat in bed kind of person anyway i just i see the appeal of audiobooks and maybe this will be the year i get more into them i just am much more of a if i'm going to devote time to reading i'm probably gonna be reading see i i actually like audiobooks because as a super anxiety person i i think too much so if i haven't like if i'm in the shower instead of like if it's just me being in the shower i'll be like all right i have to think about all the things i'm gonna do what am i gonna wear what am i gonna do this but if i have an audiobook on it like just shuts my brain off oh that's good i like that it's for for people with anxiety so is there if there's a subject you want to learn more about nonfiction is great on audiobooks for this maybe you and it doesn't have to be like a memoir or like let's talk about you know Berlin. Maybe you want to learn how to meditate, or there's like a subject you're interested in, but never feel like you have to. Let's talk about Berlin. I don't know why that came out. (laughs) I don't even know what that. I don't know. You know, there's something you want to learn about you, but you don't feel like you have time to pick up a gigantic, you know, 900-page tome on. If you get it on audio and put it on for the half-hour day, you walk or clean the house or shower. You could learn something or like a language. Oh, this is a good idea because there was actually a nonfiction book I was going to read recently, and it was so long that I got a little, I got disheartened by it. And I read, I read the. It's actually about like how. House cleaning. Oh, wow. I, I didn't remember the name of it. I'll look it up. I think it's called Home Comforts. Huh. If anybody's read it, let me know because I'm curious if I should read it. But it was so long that I got discouraged and didn't read it. But maybe I should try it on audiobook. Yeah. Maybe she'll read it you to me. Clean the house while I'm cleaning. Clean yeah. I'm telling you, it's great. I love nature audiobooks for this reason. I love learning about zoology. It's actually what I went to college for before I dropped out to become a filmmaker. Uh, like Melanie's a, got good stories about like a, working in a vet clinic. Oh, I have so many stories. But uh, yeah, I love. So I love any sort of zoological or nature audiobooks. Uh, I love. Uh, I did Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery, and it's was one of my favorite more recent audiobooks and i'm pretty sure she reads it but i might be lying um some of the buzzy audiobooks of 2017 if people are looking to check some out the hate you give narrator bonnie turpin bonnie i I think i'm saying that right turpin spoonbenders narrator ari flacos who people say is like one of the greatest greatest narrators and then a lot of people who narrate their own, like Jason Reynolds narrated Long Way Down, Mohsen Amid uh, narrated Exit West, <gasps> Michael Sheen, he did not write Book of Dust, but he narrated it. Oh my God. And then uh, Roxane Gay, <sighs> apparently Hunger is very good. And also people really recommend, this did not come Michael out Michael Sheen did Book of Dust. Yeah. You didn't know? No. I just got a tattoo from that fucking book series. That's what this is from. Gotta get it. Michael Sheen. Oh, God. I gotta go get that right now. And then also, don't forget about Ready Player One, which our next, our guest coming up, he narrated, and people talk about it being one of the greatest narrations ever. Yeah, so you can send your audiobook tips to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we interview Will Wheaton, we're going to take a quick short break. It's been a long time coming, but John Roderick finally has a podcast on the MaximumFun.org network. (sighs) The long wait is over. (laughs) Max Fun Friends, I teamed up with these two unlikely nerds 
and their dumb Star Trek podcast. <laughs> and we talk about uh, war movies, not just in a laudatory and salivating way, but we apply critical thinking principles to uh, the multiple, multiple subtexts that are woven in every war movie. And Sylvester Stallone specifically. <laughs> it is not that. It is not that at all. So go grab Friendly Fire every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. So we are here with author, actor, and award-winning audiobook narrator, Will Wheaton. Will, thank you so much for joining us. Hi. So what are you reading right now? Uh, like everybody else in the world, I'm reading Fire and Fury. Um, <laughs> I have also recently restarted reading uh, Stephen King's Night Shift, which I haven't read since I was, geez, in middle school. I don't, I don't think I've ever, ever read that one. Is it different or do you, is it about the same as you remember it's it? It's completely different than I remember it. Um, it is. It was published, I think, in 1978, and it's his first collection of short stories. And uh, I've been writing a lot of short stories, so I have been reading a lot of short stories to sort of get myself used to the pacing and uh, feel like maybe I'm not as bad at it as I think I am. And um, this one is wonderful. It, most of the stories in it have been made into movies, but luckily I haven't seen most of them. So for me, it's more about looking back at the writer he was in 1978 and comparing it to the writer he is now uh, and seeing what's like, what are the sorts of things that he has kept the same over the years as a writer? That's really interesting. So this episode is actually all about audiobooks, and you've been the voice of a lot of audiobooks, including some really big ones that may or may not be made into a movie this year. Um, Can you just walk us through the process of being an audiobook narrator, or should we call you something else? What's the right word for it? Um, You know, I, I think of myself as an audiobook performer. Because I I create characters based on the descriptions in the text the exact same way I create characters when I read a script for uh, some some other form of drama. Um, narrator is narrator's the accepted uh, like terminology, but narrator feels kind of antiseptic to me. I feel like a narrator is supposed to have no emotional investment in the content and is supposed to just contextualize things for the audience. Um, and that's awesome. And I don't, I don't mean to imply that that's like any less meaningful than being a performer, but if I had to choose between an audiobook that's performed and an audiobook that's narrated, I would prefer the one that's performed. So I think of myself as a performer so that I bring that focus, uh, to the job. Awesome. So the process for me, um, generally starts with, uh, a publisher or author reaching out to one of my representatives or occasionally reaching out to me directly and asking me if I'm interested in doing whatever the, the job is. And I, uh, I get the, the material and I don't do a deep read of it. I, I read maybe the, the first, I don't know, a couple of thousand words. And if I'm interested in it, then I'll skim through it because unlike a lot of audiobook narrators, Um, I prefer to discover the material as I read it. 
Um, I like to get a sense of what the author's tone and and storytelling style are. And I usually do that by reading for about an hour or so before I go into the booth. And then I read through the rest of it, but I skim through the rest of it. So I know more or less where the story is going. Because I feel like as a reader, I love the, the experience of discovering what's going on. So I like to bring that energy to the work when I'm performing. Um, once we've been able to make a deal, then uh, I go to the booth and I, I work exclusively with uh, a director called Gabrielle DeCure and she works at Skyboat Media over in the Valley. And I go over to her studio and uh, we sit down and we get to work. I usually can go for about five to six hours before my voice just doesn't work anymore per day. And I average about six minutes a page, more or less, depending on the amount of dialogue and the number of different characters that are in it. Um, and uh, we'll work for anywhere from three to, I, th I think one project was like 15 days. Um, and, uh, and then it's all done. I'll go back in and do a couple of pickups after the editor is with it. Cause we always make a mistake. They sort of like the verbal equivalent of a typo and, uh, and then I'm done. Wow. Is there anything about recording audiobooks that would surprise people? That's a great question. Um, let's see. What would people think? I think what people find surprising when I tell people that I can only work for five hours a day, it makes me sound like lazy and soft. And I, I think that that what would be very surprising to people is the amount of energy that goes into creating a full performance. Cause I'm not just performing my character, I'm performing all the characters and I'm building the world and I am uh, holding the, the reader's attention through all of it. And it requires incredible focus. There's no time where I get to like stop and, and, and catch my breath when like, I'm not present in a scene or when I'm just in the background or if other actors are, are, are you know, sort of carrying the, the workload. And it really is like tiring and exhausting work. When, when I'm working, when I come home, I don't talk very much when I'm not actually in the booth when I'm on a long book. Um, and uh, I suspect my wife really enjoys that. Uh, <laughs> But it is it is a weird it, it is a weird and, and, and different experience. And I don't I, I don't mean to, to, to presume that my experience is like the only experience or the best experience. But that's how it works for me when I'm doing it. So do you listen to other do audiobooks and do you have any suggests that people would pick up? I do. I don't listen to many audiobooks because my mind wanders. When when I'm uh, when I'm listening to an audiobook or I'm listening to a podcast, even if I absolutely love the material and I love the people talking, I get inspired and I get ideas and I will realize that I haven't been paying attention for several minutes because I've been thinking about a story idea of my own. This sometimes happens to me when I'm reading. I'll realize that I've gotten to the bottom of a page. And I can't remember at all what was written on it, but it happens all the time when I'm listening. So I, I don't, I don't listen to as many as I as I would like to. Um, but mostly that's just because I I can't. 
which I think sounds really weird. I feel really weird describing myself that way. Um, but it is incredibly challenging for me to stay focused when I'm listening to someone read. Don't worry, I'm the, I'm the same way. What book do you like to gift to people? It depends entirely on who the person is. Um, one of my absolute favorite books to give to people is Carter Beats the Devil. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal gave it to me for my 40th birthday. He was like, this is one of those books that I think everybody should read. And it's absolutely amazing. It's historical fiction and I'm crazy about it. And I, I absolutely love it. So that's a book that I think is really, really great that, uh, that I feel very comfortable recommending to people. Then there are people to whom I would totally recommend House of Leaves. And there are people who I think would never like to read that. So it, it really depends. Um, it also kind of depends on what I happen to be reading at the moment. Um, my son and I read Hell House at the same time, and we were just giving it to everybody who had the misfortune of being in the same place as us. Okay. And what about your reading habits? Do you have anything quirky or embarrassing you want to share with us? Um, you know, my reading habits are pretty normal. Um, I, uh, I read when I poop. And, mm -hmm, great. And, and, uh, <laughs> and if I'm really into a book, I'll, I'll get up and fall down because my legs have gone numb. <laughs> it happens to my boyfriend all the time. Um, and I like I actually really enjoy that. Uh, it makes me feel like I've accomplished something. Um, <laughs> I wish that I could read in the car, but I can't. I get super motion sick when I try to read in the car. I can't do that anymore. Um, but I tell you, my one of my favorite things ever and, and like just a great day is when I start a book in the morning and throughout the entirety of the day, I take it with me everywhere and I move all over the house to all the different places in the house. And, uh, and I, and I read, you know, I read it while I'm, while I'm going through the day. Um, I did that with Zoe Quinn's book. Um, she had sent it to me, uh, for a potential blurb and I started it and I literally could not put it down. And I, I mean, I, I devoured that book. Um, and that was, uh, that was a, a really fun experience for me. Uh, what are quirks people have when they read books? Like, what have you people heard from people? People have really weird ones. Well, Mallory has some weird ones. I'm a pretty quirky she, reader. She like turns the pages with one hand. There's some people that like, you know, they keep books in like their desk drawers at work and they're like reading them while pretending to work. Yeah. Like people have all sorts of strange things. I remember getting in all kinds of trouble in seventh grade because I was reading Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. And it's what, what had happened is I had finished my work in class. I was this was in seventh grade. I had finished my work. I knew that I was done. Like I didn't have anything to do. And uh, I just I remember thinking I want to go back into that prison i want to go back into that place with those characters and be there with them again and i uh and i picked it up and i was like i knew that i would get in trouble so i had it in my lap and i wasn't doing anything wrong but i got i got into trouble for it and my teacher took it away and i didn't get it back until the end of the day well but they made you the reader that you've become today because it sounds like you still read kind of dark stuff i really do um i love nonfiction. i read tons and tons of nonfiction. i've actually been listening to a terrific audiobook called the brothers that's all about john foster dulles and alan dulles who were two men who, uh, while being uh, a secretary of state and head of the CIA, 
dramatically shaped not just America in the 20th century, but the world in the 20th century. They were bad, evil dudes who didn't realize, I, I, I want to believe, didn't realize how evil they were. They, they thought they were doing the right thing, but they overthrew governments and they did all sorts of illegal things. And like, I think you can draw a straight line between the Dulles brothers and like Al-Qaeda. And it is a fascinating, amazing book. Um, but listening to it is like being immersed in a documentary. And I absolutely love that. And I've just realized while saying this, it's easier for me to listen to nonfiction books than it is to listen to fiction books. And I think that might have to do with me being an actor and a writer, because when I am reading a book, I get to paint the images myself. I get to decide what they sound like. I, I get to really get intimate with some of the characters. And if, uh, if I'm listening to someone bring those characters to life, that I can't create that same level of intimacy. It actually makes me a little uncomfortable. Uh, uh, and it makes me kind of, kind of like skeeves me out a little bit. Um, I don't know why. Um, but, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I guess I, I, you know, I don't want to read books to feel good. I want to read books to like escape a little bit and to get inspired and to like feel smarter. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to follow you online, where should they check you out? My blog is at willwheaton.net. Um, I am Will W on the Twitters and I'm it's Will Wheaton on Facebook and Instagram. If your listeners are not just totally put off by the sound of my voice, I have <laughs> written a number of books and I've recorded audio versions for all of them. And those are available at willwheaton.bandcamp.com. Um, and if anyone wants to see the list of Audible titles that I've done, just go to audible.com and search for my name. Uh, I, I, I'm real proud of the work that I've done uh, in Joe Hill's new book, Strange Weather. And also with John Scalzi's uh, newest novel, The Collapsing Empire. I loved that book. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show. It's so great to talk to you. I hope that we see each other soon. Me too. Now we're going to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Amanda writes in, I work as a counselor at a women's shelter, and this year I got my very first Christmas bonus thanks to a very generous donation. It takes the form of a $50 gift card to a store from a list of major retailers, one of which is Chapters, the Canadian Barnes & Noble. My question to you is, are you more inclined to spend on a fancy expensive book you wouldn't otherwise buy or stack your arms high with as many paperbacks as you can get? I'd love to hear from you and welcome welcome suggestions unless they involve a love triangle oh what do you think mallory I have, I have very strong opinions about this so first off i hear you about the love triangle stuff amanda it's very it's way too stressful for me i don't like reading love triangle books second this is a great question for the past year i've been trying to not buy as many new hardcover releases as they can get pretty expensive and i feel really angry at myself when i spent 35 dollars on a hardcover and i start reading it and i don't like it so when i have a gift card i kind of i like to split splurge on these um i love supporting authors and damn those hardcovers look pretty good on a shelf uh, and a lot of these books i usually get on audio from the library or wait until they come out in paperback so getting them new and hardcover is awesome and feels like a really great gift for me uh that being said i always check the sales shelf just in case uh what about you bria so I always feel like gift cards are basically free money. Not like money you have to use for food or yeah. rent or something like that, but it's just like, that's like regular money. Gift cards are free for all because you should have no guilt in using them whatever you want. Like use them literally for like anything you want to buy unless like 
it's like a Nazi kicking puppies organization you're giving to, mm. and then don't give it to that. Yes. That's not then that. You, then, then you, you sharpen feel, the gift card into a guilt. knife. Then and you should stab feel them. guilt. But otherwise, it's a it's a free for all. It's a no guilt thing. And I think you should buy something you wouldn't normally do. Like go and get the Harry Potter with the beautiful cover that you will always treasure because you wouldn't normally spend money on that otherwise. I think this is a really great hashtag treat yourself moment. Yeah. Because treat I think- your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's in Mallory original. I'm pretty sure I saw that on the internet. Treat somewhere. yourself. Treat yourself. What did people? What if they were just treating it like it was a hardwood shelf and they were treating treating it? it with, <laughs> well, that's actually pretty nice too. <laughs> then you're double treating like yourself. A polish? <laughs> just putting a nice polish on there. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get all those other books anyway, kind of. So I just think this is a moment where. You should Amanda should go and splurge. I think she should go and get the book that she's like. I don't really need that, but because gift cards are free money. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. I mean, I understand the practicality aspect where you're like, or I could just buy, you know, whatever things that you're gonna use. But why you're gonna buy those anyway? No, Amanda, splurge, splurge, splurge. So if you have a reader problem you want us to solve, you can email them to readingglassespodcast at gmail dot com. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for the show and helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail dot com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, and you can always follow along with our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglasses. Thanks for listening, and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.